one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are ASAP Science here to make things make Today we're talking about erections, a.k.a. boners. We'll be talking about the science of how they work, uh, what you can do to keep them healthy, and also what happens when there is dysfunction down there. After, we'll be getting into our What Did You Learn This Week's. One is on green cities, and the other is on burnout. Burnout, bro. Burnouts and boners, y'all. I know. That's alliteration. So this is definitely like an adult one. Mom, dad, family members, turn it off. True. But educational. I don't know if this one will get too oh. dirty, but like, obviously, if you have young ears listening, you know, this one I will mean, be about... I mean, boners. They happen to everyone. Exactly. It's completely natural. My new favorite um, word for a dick is the hog. Why is it new favorite? I don't know. It's just the one that I like to use. Like, he got his hog out. That's for someone who gets naked. I don't like that word. Oh, well, I love it. Sorry. People can disagree. Hog. It kind of feels like medieval and a little like blunt, you know? It's not very refined. Okay. Well, what's your refined dick boner name? Um, What's your favorite? Chub? No, it's phallus. Oh, for the penis. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, isn't the hog a penis? Yeah, but to me, the hog... Oh, yeah, you're right. Hog could be erect or not. Erections are wild. They're truly so complicated. It's a freaking miracle we even get yeah. to have one in our life. Let it's alone very cool biology. Yeah. Thousands. Um, what's up? What's new? Do we got anything What's up? What's up? <laughs> My, My dick when bone. I see men. My dick when I see men. Um, not much. Let's get into it. Oh, you want to just jump yeah, right in? I mean, okay. I'm just like, it's like hard for me not to talk about boners. No, there's got to be something else to mention. I can't, but if someone brings up a boner, it's just like, you know, there's like, my brain is just like, okay, it's like, what? Are we going to talk about like the trees I was high? Okay. Go. Right. Yeah. Study time. Study time. Study time. So All right. today, we're talking about boners. The science of erections, what actually happens down there, regardless of your sex, because actually everyone gets erections. Uh, when you're aroused physically, what's going on, a little bit of the anatomy. We'll talk a little bit about like what you can do to make sure that you're having healthy erections. How to give <laughs> yourself a harder boner, folks. <laughs> as well as what goes um, awry when there is dysfunction down there and what happens with age and these kind of things. So, so um, an erection is defined as the enlargement and stiffening <laughs> of the penis. I love how it felt like you were racing me there. You're like, so the erection is defined. Well, I was it. like, this guy's going to keep going here. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah. So the stiffening and enlargement is important. It's really a fascinating little appendage. Mm-hmm. One interesting thing that scientists cannot agree on is, okay, obviously your penis 
is an external part of your body. Yeah. And so is your scrotum. Mm -hmm. But a lot of scientists argue that your testes aren't because they're contained in the scrotum. But other people say huh. that your testes are because they're like kind of outside of the, you know, the, the pelvis. rest of the body. Yeah. yeah. So do you consider your testes internal or external? I mean, to me, they're external, but uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Both. But it's like, an, yeah, it's like I know my penis is external because like that skin, you know, it's, it's hitting the raw air if I'm naked, whereas my balls, there's a scrotum protecting I them. I guess, but that seems a little like pedantic. Like These... it feels like, okay, well, like the inside of your penis then is not external. Not external. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like my, <laughs> like, literally. Like the cavernosa. Yeah, exactly. My corpus. Pora cavernosa <laughs> is internal, but my penis is not. Um, but anyways, those are just the deep questions that scientists are asking at all times. So yeah, it's kind of like obviously erections seem funny, but they're extremely important, obviously, to reproduction. Mm -hmm. Like with you can obviously come without an erection. Sorry, that's not obvious, mm -hmm. but it helps when you have an erection. So it makes you realize the body like getting an erection is so important because it's how you, you know, help create offspring. Yeah, totally. And it can be used to just have fun as well. Yeah, I diddled it. Or with others. Do we want to talk about obviously like it requires stimulus in yeah. some kind of way. So at baseline, the penis is primary under sympathetic control and is flaccid. So on average 23 hours of the day, your dick is flaccid, which kind of, I was like <laughs> a whole hour of bones. That's like what the science was like uh, three different studies said that. Okay. There's I mean, an well, hour, an hour <laughs> and on average an hour a day, you have a boner. Yeah. Well, like when you're sleeping, it happens a lot. Yeah, That's true. In I, bet, I bet the majority of it comes then from nocturnal boners. Yeah. And then obviously there's some that's like, you know, just comes up during but the like day. But like sometimes it's like, yeah, I wonder if I'm just like working and like something happens and I get a boner. And I'm not even counting it and thinking that I have a boner. Probably. But like I, <laughs> it's maybe different because we work at home. I feel like yeah. you'd be much more aware if you were like in a public yeah, setting true. or like, I had I can to work just in like an office or something. Walk around with my hard hog working at home <laughs> alone and there's no okay. issues. Okay. <laughs> okay so <laughs> yeah. So the actual stimulation to get a boner there's a lot of different ways that scientists talk about this, but it kind of comes down to two most specifically, which is that one is involved with this, your brain first. Mm -hmm. Some people say the largest sex organ in your body <laughs> is your brain. It ain't your clit or your dick. Um, yeah. So it's like you see something that arouses you, you smell something that arouses you. You could even just like close your eyes and just imagine, like, imagine like Chris Hemsworth or like Pamela Anderson for all you millennials <laughs> out there running on a beach and get an erection. Or you can actually do it the other way around where like they use the example of like your glands penis. Mm -hmm. Glands means acorn. So like the top, the tip <laughs> of your dick. Which, the lips, the teeth, the tip, the tip of the dick. You know that? Yeah. You know no. That? What's that? Oh, you don't know that? Okay. The, you're not no. a theater kid. That is a nice little warm up. It usually goes. The lips. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. But I oh thought I'd flip God. it on its head and say, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the dick. I truly <laughs> thought that you in musical theater like. It's like, okay, well, we all love dick. That is the gay agenda. Exactly. It's like, if you go into musical theater and they're making you go the your lips, the tit, the tick of the, the dick. Anyway. So you're trying to Sorry. say that there is a Yeah, you physical totally derailed sensation. that. There's the physical to start that then goes to your brain. So like, for example, you like rub your little acorn, your little glands penis or your penis against like 
the washing machine by mm. mistake and then all of a sudden it sends a signal through your nerves to your brain and mm. then all of a sudden whoa you're stimulated yep but and they can be also broken down even further to other yeah something that's really fascinating about that sort of end of it so say you have like physical touch and that triggers something called the pudal pudinal nerve and that you know, is connected to your spinal cord and sends signals to your brain to kind of like let you know what's going on down there. But what is interesting is that end of stimulation that doesn't start with your brain, even though your brain's notified. Dick first. It, it, yeah, dick first or just genitals first. Your brain isn't necessary in that sense. So you could still get an erection. Like people who have spinal cord injuries, they may their nerves may not be sending the signal to the brain, but they could have an erection. So oh, it's interesting slay. because you don't quote unquote need your brain necessarily yeah. to have an erection, although many arousals come from the brain first as well. Yeah. So other ways to define the stimulation could be visual, which is like starting with the brain, mental starting with the brain. They define those as different visual being you see something with your eyes, mental being you shut your eyes and you dream of Pamela Anderson <laughs> physical, which is the touch. And then there's also, as we said, the nocturnal nighttime ones. Most of the time when you hit REM sleep, you'll have a boner. Mm -hmm. And actually now I'm like, I'm getting up why it adds up to an hour. My REM yeah, sleep boners. Exactly. And so I'm so excited to talk about the um, health of main, maintaining your health and how you can keep your boner healthy because wow. there's a study that came out this year that's kind of related to that. So okay, I'm just we'll gonna get, there, get I'm just gonna get to the erection then so we can get to that because yeah. I Let's really want to know about my boner health about it physically, right? That's what you want to talk about. Yeah. Now? So if you like are to look at your penis, everyone <laughs> unzip and look. Actually, I was looking at diagrams and then I did look at my penis <laughs> and I was like. Damn, that is so weird. Because when you look at the diagram of a penis, okay, so they like cut always like the pelvic area of someone with a penis in half, and they always include the anus mm -hmm. because, you know, right near the anus is that prostate. Mm -hmm. I love the word epididymis. So like your testes are hanging down below. There's the epididymis, which is above it. Then the vas deferens are the two that like go to the prostate. Then it eventually goes, you know, the sperm or pee is just sort of, delineated in the urethra at that mm -hmm. point and then out of the urethra there but your dick is made up of like the two important tissues that will create the boner mm -hmm. so the corpus spongiosum which is a, a harry potter spell yeah the corpus <laughs> spongiosum and then everyone's like oh i have such a heart on it won't go away <laughs> there it's it's the like spongy tissue near the urethra their urethra runs through it and it's like what keeps your urethra open during boners like in order to get semen out. yeah yeah because yeah. it's like there's a lot of pressure building up yeah you don't there. want it to close up because all those blood vessels yeah. are like expanding which does happen to your veins like it ex the blood yeah. expands in such a way as just it close the veins which traps blood in there and that's why it like remains inflated yeah there's like <laughs> veins at the top of your dick you know how everyone's like the mars bar looks like a dick with a vein. Oh, Is it the I didn't bar? know everyone was saying that. Every, every time I'd buy a Mars bar, it's a little bit of a visual stimulus and yeah, I get a boner. Um, but th Mine's there are, more like, oh, Henry. You mean you like turds? I'm kidding. <laughs> That's disgusting. But, oh, Henry's actually looks so much like a turd. It's like fascinating to me that they like were able <laughs> to like, get on, like take off because I do think they're delicious. Also, Tim Horton's this is CanCon, Canadian content. Tim Hortons brought back the Walnut Crunch, which also looks like dog shit, but tastes amazing. Mm -hmm. Anyways, 
we're back side note <laughs> so on the top of your dick there are actually a lot of veins that yep. when you get the erection they close right. and so that again stops the blood from leaving and hopefully keeps your rock hard boner for hours mm -hmm. folks but the corpus spongiosum mm -hmm. oh no sorry the, cor the corpora the corpora cavernosa is the main ones there are those two sort of like depending on the size of your girth of your dick on like if you were to cut it like a sausage in yeah, half. Yeah, they're kind of like on the top <laughs> sides. Yes. And they're what, they're what fill up with the most blood. There's two, there's arteries in each one. There's two yeah. arteries. And so what happens is your spinal cord essentially sends out a signal down to your dick region. And it's all about nitric oxide release. And so nitric oxide in these erectile tissues, it's a vasodilator. So it causes blood to flow into the penis and what's also, I think, kind of interesting is that nitric oxide causes smooth muscle cells to relax, which essentially, like, it's too complicated to explain here, but it keeps your calcium levels low in your dick. That relaxation, almost the flaccidity of the smooth muscle cells is what causes the erection. And, well, doesn't also the smoothness or relaxing just make more space for the blood to fill? Yes, but it's an interesting way because it's like the actual adjectives for like vasodilation. Mm -hmm. And in this case, smooth muscle cell, smooth muscle cells. cell relaxation causes boner. Right. I feel like a lot of people would assume smooth it's muscle like cell relaxation would be flaccid and right. something else would be boner. Yes. I just kind of, I kind of loved that. Like, scientific language is like oh yeah you need the relaxation of the smooth muscle cells to engorge and grow mm. and fill with blood yeah it's just kind of like a counterintuitive little like yeah vibe. No, that, i think that happens a lot because even uh, i don't want to misquote it this is in one of our videos but i'm pretty sure it's norepinephrine um when you're sleeping and part of the reason you get like morning wood or nighttime erections there's actually like an active mechanism of norepinephrine that's like stopping blood flow from entering oh, but in REM sleep that turns off which like then allows blood flow yeah so it's kind of like of course it is an active cool. process but it's interesting in the same way that it's actually the inverse of what you think yeah. by turning something off like your body's actively stopping a boner at all times in, yeah. in one perspective and then when that turns off at these certain moments then it like the floodgates open basically yeah and I do definitely like feel like I am getting older and I can't wait to talk about your like giant boner research <laughs> but i just like do remember like so much like as like a teenager just like truly like walking like a gust of wind hitting my crotch and just getting an absolute heart <laughs> like it was just like it was crazy like it was actually a problem or like being in math class yeah. and then like rubbing my dick weirdly against the desk and then be like well i'm hard for like minutes on end and like hopefully the class doesn't end whereas now i don't have that issues i've never like i'm so hard i can't <laughs> go <laughs> like it's just like damn like, no you're right like it is kind of crazy to yeah. think back on because as you become an adult it's like even if it accidentally starts happening, you can kind of stop it pretty quick. I'm not saying there aren't moments when you're just like, this oh yeah, no, convenient. Yeah, but as a mm -hmm. kid, sometimes you're yeah. literally like, I don't want this, and it's going to be like here I'm for five stuck full with a boner. Minutes. I'm like, I haven't had that Maybe since 10, 22 and years old. Under a yeah. desk. Like and if I need I, to get rid of a boner, it's easy now. I remember talking about it with friends in like grade school, and someone was like. I just realized I went to the front of class and our teacher can literally see on like, you know, when you have a desk in front of you, it just feels like you're concealed. But when you're like far enough away, like you can see people's oh legs. Oh my God. And there's no, was, no, but when someone's like, saying no, when we have boners. That's insane. Okay. It's like, how big was that guy's hog? Cause like, no, if you have a boner sitting down, 
it's not like a cartoon image of like the <laughs> Simpsons image of a boner where it's just like it's like you know what I mean? Like a boner when I you're sitting down that. is no, I'm just like laughing at this guy thinking that there's just like boners all over That's the world. That's what everyone thinks when they're young. You get freaked out. Not not that he thinks hey, there's a million boners. He's just like, oh, when I have an erection uncontrollably, someone can possibly see it. I, I see. just always imagined just that he it was can. like hidden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I just... Moving on. No, well, I'm just like, it was kind of a creepy image to think of a teacher. Yeah, you're right. I didn't really want to... I was trying to, You're right, you're right. I am sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean... I was thinking of myself as in that age bracket. Yeah, yeah, Reliving that, like, fear of being caught, you know? So now I kind of miss the fear. Yeah. And And most ED is now understood to be physical not like psychosomatic like in the past a lot of people were mm. like it's all that can still be part of it i i, I can go through there's like six main causes yeah yeah ED. oh do that do that well first i wanted to mention now that we've talked about the erection of the penis female erections are also a thing and oh yeah so true. like the clitoris and the penis are homologous homologous, homologous yeah. yeah um structures which means, homo yeah means that you know they're they're kind of like the same and uh the female erection works in a similar way as though their um clitoris is like in this place of the penis and so like that blood flow comes to there obviously it's not getting as big as like a a, an erection on a male but there's like blood flow that enters there and they are functional like studies have found that when females are turned on the chance of like procreation is higher Oh, wow. Which is really interesting. So yeah. boners rub boners is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, And stimulation of that for females is like this really sensitive area, even though there's only like a small part that is actually outside the body that you would be like yeah. the tip of the clitoris. And the tip of the dick is also super mm-hmm. sensitive. Like, yeah. you know, people always say that. Like, exactly. It actually is. There's and so they don't mean nerves. like the literal tip, but just like the end of it, right? Yeah, no, the tip. It's called the, oh, the, the, the glands tip. penis. Oh. The acorn. Um, glands means acorn. Okay. But I also was going to say like the pudinal nerve and stuff like that. Like that function is similar for females. There can be a mental stimulation or a physical stimulation. It can go to the spinal cord and send <laughs> messages to the brain. It's also not entirely necessary. There can just be physical stimulation which can lead to blood Whoa. engorgement and that kind of thing. Nitric oxide is also vasodilating. So huh. this happens in everyone, everyone. basically. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, now go into ED. Oh, yeah. So we ED? were going to talk about... Yeah. We won't, we won't linger too long on ED, but I just thought it was interesting because obviously this is a concern for me. Because we're also getting into our 30s. <laughs> yeah, and it is more common as you age, but I think that's also the... I want to say confluence, but I don't know what that word means. What does confluence mean? I meant to say like the convergence of many factors is actually what I was trying to say. I don't know. Confluence sounds like it could mean that. Can I type it in and we're going to like, eyes are going to learn with us. I'm also running to get my coffee, so be right back. Okay. Con, how far is it? It's so far away. You can still hear me. Don't have a boner. Don't worry. Definitely. Oh my God. I'm having so much trouble. Confluence. Confluence. The junction of two rivers, especially rivers of approximately equal width. An act or process huh. of merging. I guess that could work. And no, to what? me, it was like this idea of converging multiple risk factors. As you age, there's more and more risk factors. Yeah, yours for. is metaphorical. And know what else confluence is? Your goddamn vessels in that corpus. <laughs> Cavernos said to give yourself a boner. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay. So, like you said... Um, psychogenetic, which means stemming from the brain, is a possible cause, but many, many, like, 
it's not necessarily like politically appropriate, not politically, but what do you say? Like appropriate to say to someone, like it's just all in your head. If you're having like ED, I think in the past, they, they might've just to said like, that. you are having problems with your yeah. brain. You're just anxious. You're just nervous. Of course, being nervous, being anxious, like having yes. an issue and having in your head is going to impact your body's ability to be aroused in the first place and to quote unquote perform. But that's only like one factor out of six. And it was sort of like pre-1940s, 1950s. They only thought it was mental. And then science As, yeah. kicked Started in and realizing, was like, okay, there's a lot of factors. There's another one called neurogenic. So that means you could literally have spinal cord issues. You could have uh, like communication problems between your nerves. There could be something physically stopping you from getting erections. Yeah. Okay. Then there's hormonal. So for men, like testosterone does play a role in arousal, but there's also like you could have abno abnormal hormonal levels outside of that. Can That can just impact your arousal levels. Um, vasculogenic. This apparently is the most common. Yeah, so. this is what I was... Yeah. thinking of. So it's like just blood flow issues all relating to that mechanism of getting blood in there could be linked to like high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes. Those often link into vasculogenic. Is that how you say it? Vasculogenic. Um, and then the final two are drug induced. So you often hear like if people are on antidepressants, it's a lot harder to get aroused. You may not feel the same way. Huh. Excessive alcohol, smoking and other drugs. Can Whiskey dick. Yeah. Can interfere. Yeah. It's very common for people to be drunk and have a hard time being like physically aroused. And I think that one to me gives like Tinder date vibes. It's like I can see people <laughs> who are single and using alcohol as like a social lubricant like a nerve then, depressant yeah but then i can imagine being other like, parts of your... it, like now it's harder to get hard physically i can see that one yeah. being frustrating and maybe the beginning sort of like stages of okay like, yeah well there's probably both ends because if you're too nervous you might not be able to get aroused so you drink to like get rid of those nerves but if true. you go too far in the other direction now you've actually entered into like a physical or drug-induced um issue and oh, yeah, that's interesting. The final one was aging and other diseases, but a lot of this can be caused by a mix of all the other yeah. things, right? Like the older you are, the more likely you might have a condition, a disease. You might be on drugs. You might have hormonal levels that are out of balance. Like there could be many different factors as you age. It's not to say it's necessarily everyone's going to suffer like ED as they age, but it's more common. And I think that also... I was actually too nervous to do the studies about ET. <laughs> there, what do you mean do sorry, the studies? There were surveys in two of the studies because they were kind of being like, once you're in your 30s, like yeah. ED, like everything we talked about <laughs> on this podcast, alcoholism, mental health, it's a sliding scale. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, do this survey to find out what scale, like, like essentially I can know, on the spectrum I just like know that it's going to be like, you're this much on the spectrum. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not ready to hear that I'm on the spectrum for ED, but like probably their whole argument is that the erectile dysfunction has been very misleadingly explained, especially in pop culture. It's kind of like, you can't get hard. Yeah. There's just like this man walking around. You're like, can't get hard anymore. It needs Viagra. It's like, no, it's again, a sliding scale. There, mm -hmm. there will be, times and places and reasons that could be physiological, mental, all these things coming together. Yeah. And that a lot of people will suffer from it and also not suffer from it like throughout the year, throughout yeah. their lives. Like, And it could be related to not just not getting hard, but how long can you last? Yeah. How yeah. hard does it get? How good does it feel? Like lots of different variables that, yeah, it's not just the full inability to get an erection. It can be like conditional. So under certain circumstances, you're having issues. Um, with certain people, it comes up more than with other people. So like, I think, yeah, like everything 
in science through the years, we realized like spectrums are a much better way to measure. It's not an on or off switch. And it's better that people for their own like mental health and sanity, because I think a lot of people do struggle with erectile dysfunction and it's embarrassing to bring up and they don't know when it's like the right time to bring it up. Knowing there's a spectrum lets you kind of go, oh, maybe I'm catching early signs. I can talk to my doctor and see if it's something, could it be related to my health? Like, do I just yeah. need to like exercise more or do I a have lot of, blood pressure problems? A lot or, of dudes will get on that hormone test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every, that's the one that people, a lot of guys are like, well, it's my testosterone. It's my testosterone. Which for like, some people it is, but a lot of yes. times nowadays we're realizing that's being like very, like given out very easily to say like, oh, you probably have low testosterone. And then a lot of men actually don't have low testosterone. So <laughs> go watch and listen to our podcast about testosterone replacement therapy because we explain all that information there and it's it's super juicy and interesting mm -hmm. but i am like okay like do you think that maybe ed is like scarier for straight men with penises because i was thinking about like think when you're so. gay you get to have all different types of sex you get to be mm. you could be passive you could I be see. Okay. Acti passivo activo top but like there's something about that <laughs> i'm like my bilingual boyfriend <laughs> but no there's something about like me kind of just thinking like when i go into a sexual situation there are a lot more options for me mm -hmm. where i can imagine the pressure of like the rock hard boner of the right. man with yeah. like just like i'm like oh that that there's more pressure there i think it's did our dog just barf? Is he okay? Okay, we, he just barfed because we were talking about boners. No, he's fine. He's okay, fine. He just made a weird sleeping. noise. Speaking of boners, he hasn't had one in years, but <laughs> looks like a lipstick. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's I kind of... I think it... I don't know if I can qualify which is worse. I think there's different, pressure, worse, different pressures in different communities. No, I know what you mean. Like, on the one hand, I think you're probably not wrong to... As, as like a man in a heterosexual relationship, the pressure might be on you and it might be harder to break that stigma if you are having issues to like use toys and like get into different spaces where like your erection isn't the only thing that matters. Yeah. And maybe in queer spaces that is more acceptable. Like yeah. I'm not, that's not what I want to be pleasured or I want to give, give someone something rather than get yeah. something. All these kind of things are more open in the queer community, but I think as a gay man, there's still a lot of pressure to like be able to be aroused and use your penis. And lots of Viagra in these gay mm -hmm. parties. But yeah, I think all men struggle with. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. I just thought like, you know what I mean? It feels like there's less options. Yeah. You could guys. take on a different role. I agree. But like, it could still be really challenging if you're uh, a, like a cis man who identifies as a top and then is struggling with ED. You see a cis gay man. A cis gay man, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I just mean like if you're struggling with ED, but you yourself aren't wanting to be a bottom, then you'll still be struggling. Oh yeah, from I that, forgot you know? I was the first king, <laughs> and I forgot that that's not just what everyone is. Yeah, okay, true, true, true. Yeah, it's just like there's some there was something in some of these studies I was reading, the survey based one about women being like actually kind of relieved that their sexual like prowess isn't physiologically shown. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. an interesting mm -hmm. part about being a man. Yeah. There's a lot of male privilege. And I kind of was like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like there's something there that is like actually kind of spooky. And like erections are as we're getting older, like it's an interesting part of aging yeah. and probably like existential thoughts because yeah, they're so your body in a different way. Yeah. And, and it's mm -hmm. so like culturally like boners are gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get into my research about the penuma, which is a literal 
addition to your penis through surgery to make it bigger. Oh, like to grow, like to make your penis bigger. Yes. Okay. Why don't don't we do that? And then I'll talk about the alternate, which is like how to keep your boner healthy without, not not to grow without horrible surgery. Okay. Let's talk about surgery. So obviously we're talking about like size increasing Penile girth augmentation. Okay. Which is like probably could have been its own episode, yeah. honestly. But it's, it, I just read this insane New York art- article about it and I bring it up all the time because it's just so disturbing. But my biggest takeaway is that the people who are getting this surgery, where yes, they cut open your dick, almost flip it inside out and add this like spongy mesh like thing that in theory should grow and shrink with your boner. Uh-huh. So it's like this newer thing. It's by this scary guy, the Thomas. Thomas Edison of penis surgery. Why is he scary? Because it's okay. It's called penuma. It's invented by James Ellis. He's a urologist who's decided to make his career off of this surgery. That is like extremely problematic because a lot of people have had issues. Of course, like anything, some people are super happy with their new girthy dick. Other people (laughs) have serious issues, Mm. pain, can't even pee, have to get it taken out. Like all these risks are really high. Uh And so it's like, it's, and there's all these loopholes they've used through the FDA to have it be approved. Even though like, if you read the article, you'd be like, this does not feel like a safe procedure. Okay. And he is just like a creepy vibe, but there was a GQ article that kind of, I think really messed with a lot of people because it wasn't that critical of this thing. And a lot of people signed up, but my biggest takeaway was that it increased during COVID and through a lot of, lot of psychological studies, I think porn has a big influence because mm. most people who are getting the surgery have average to above average penis sizes to mm. begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw something that like, like the average penis size is erect. I think is closer to five inches, like maybe five and a half or something like that. But most men think it's much bigger. Yeah. Well, cause you're looking at porn, mm. you're observing. Yeah. We're on the internet now where like if people mm. have a big dick, they're like, they literally what? have it out through their shorts and are pumping gas and they're a TikToker. It's yeah, like yeah, and it's like yeah. having a, it's like a selection bias. Even if just having a nice body makes you more likely to become like a fitness influencer. So you're then seeing this bias of all these people having these amazing bodies online. Of course, people gravitate towards that because it's impressive. So there's a selection bias of what you're even looking at because, of course, it's like people are looking at a big dick or big boobs or big ass and then like seeing that as attractive and seeing it more and more often in porn and then it skews your perception. I've always wondered like if I had like an abnormally huge dick, like would I have to like in grade 12 be like, do I go to university or do I be on the porn (laughs) side? Like sometimes I'm like, that is like a weird part of having a huge dick. You're probably like, well, I could make a career out of this hog or I could just keep it in my pants and show it to a few people and become an engineer. <laughs> like there does feel like I'm like I'm like I do not have a porn star dick, but I was always like if I was so blessed or some might say cursed, you would I have, have actually been like named like Liam Liam the Lasso Linklater porn star or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, this um is a really popular Surgery. Um, surgery. The name of this fake penis is called the Panuma. And just like, I think that the main takeaway again is that our concept of penis size is completely skewed because of the internet and that this is preying on people's insecurities and is not essential in any, for any reason or any way. And it's really dangerous mm-hmm. and it's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. And it's, it's sad because I think that like, 
obviously people's erection size and the way they feel about their erections for the most part is probably pretty low because it's hard to have that next week's episode self-esteem high self-esteem around it when you're watching all this Mm -hmm. really biased and not accurate versions of dicks online (laughs) it's funny when like so i don't want to oversimplify things but so much of problems with men can come with like insecurities of like their like literal dick size wait what or just mean like these things distill down to like so we're, we have all these studies that say like this is the average dick size and so many men who have it bigger are still insecure about their dick size. Yeah. And it's like this ultimate insecurity that you're not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the core belief that literally if only I had My dick was a, a few millimeter. centimeters more, yeah. I would be happy. I would be like worthwhile. And it's like funny, not funny, but like that it comes down. Like everyone faces that pressure in many different ways, but like these basic simplified insecurities that come back to being like the child in you. And like, you can see that expressed through like so much toxic masculinity, but like in like both straight and gay men and creepy will all have these issues around. It's just like funny that dick size is such a thing. Yeah. Cause it does seem so basic. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, like, especially when it's like completely functional, you know, and like even lots of women, lots of men would be like the size doesn't matter that much to me. Like, in fact, like having a giant dick is actually like, yeah, you want to fit that in your mouth. You want to fit that in your ass. You want to fit that in your vagina. Like it's yeah. actually painful. Yeah. So of course, or it could be like, I don't even know. I'm like, are we going to get canceled? But like, it could just be like an ugly big dick. <laughs> You're the one who taught me that dicks can be ugly and not ugly. No, no, sorry. Not because either of ours are or aren't, but you're more like, You've talked about it to me more in a way where I've ever since been like, oh, yeah, I kind of Yeah, I'd way rather have a nice dick than a big dick. I know, but I think I was just such a horny little kid that I didn't even know there was such a thing as like an (laughs) unnice dick or an unnice tit. Like, I just liked all tits, all dicks. Because I'm prissy. Like, I'm I'm much more like, ew. Like no, I like, know. And then I started like being well like, oh, I guess I could judge it not just on, like, it's like, oh, no, they all have their own vibe. And <laughs> I even I even think about, like, these sort of cultural connotation of, like, big dick energy mm. probably also made a lot of guys insecure. Like, right. it's kind of, it's kind of being like, it's actually, like, super maybe problematic yeah. in the sense that it's like, oh, that person has confidence, has a... But it's, I think what it, sorry... has confidence has this vibe that must be coming from the fact that he's internally so confident because Mm. his dick's so big like it's like as if you have a big dick then you're fine yeah like that is i I feel like i understand the genesis behind that is actually to flip it on people who are hyperly toxic and to say if you're a shitty man it's probably because you have a small dick. Like, not that we uh, should actually be using dick size, but I think it's to... No, but that's have still kind of to- messed up. No, it is. But I think it's to have <laughs> toxic men have to stop and think about why they're doing what yeah. they're doing. It's like maybe why it became this thing. Yeah, it's true. Like when like a motorcycle like revs by me, I'm like, small dick. Or yeah, like, yeah, it's like a compensatory yeah. action to be like, look, you're trying to overcompensate for something. And it's an easy way to put it in a zinger is like when it comes to dick size versus saying you probably have some trauma around not feeling accepted and that you need to flash your wealth, your success, your these things that other people because you don't feel worthy. So it's all been distilled into like, you probably have a small dick. Wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah, But true. it's not at all necessarily true. Like, there's lots of people with big dicks who are probably freaking assholes and not friendly and kind of annoying and brag and all these things. But there's something about a confident, kind man who you're like, he's not insecure is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he's not compen- overcompensating for something. I can't, 
like i mean we just have to talk i can't get over drake's dick after <laughs> after drake's dick because it's also like speaking of erections like what's going on there it was flopping around like i don't even know like an inorganic like it's not what was it looking like everyone has to use like weird, i don't care to be honest <laughs> how can you not care well because i think if it was a woman we would be feeling weird about the everyone and every blog and every newspaper writing about okay it. well all of a sudden he's what like not a feminist or a feminist backwards <laughs> it's drake we yeah, are fine. definitely allowed to talk about his dick. No offense, and, and Drake, I guess like it, the people think that maybe he, he is like, a man, did, like, and he's so he's so he's is like it's like we're all, like thinking about the concept of like comedy and punching up. Like if there's one person's dick we can talk about, it's Drake. He's yeah, so, and it was big. It's not like people are making fun of no, it and it he's like, so like um oh he's so exorbitant and over the top and like so easy to make fun of because he's like the richest most powerful like kind of womanizing kind of like like at this point sorry toronto like annoying like i'm (laughs) i i feel like i'm in in his you can talk about his era it'd be different if he was like a different celebrity i think and it's insanely huge and it's like it's not erect it's like flopping around like it's such an odd video yeah it's like kind of like his corpus cover no size and even fall oh great that means it's getting bigger (laughs) that's true i yeah you just care more about pop culture than i do i'm just like because he didn't have big dick energy and then bam whoa at least to me he did and it seemed like maybe he he got that surgery Oh my God, the Pena. <laughs> Maybe he's Imagine one of the Panuma. He has Panuma energy though. That Miami mm. face, that face mm. has been Botox. And we all know that the rumor has it he has a BBL. Oh, we to- all know that. Well, the Megan way. The Stallion yeah. song Hiss, she alludes to it. And I think it's like such a good diss. Can we move on um, to how to have a healthy erection? Yes. Please. Are you done with talking about Drake's dick? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I could go- I have about 10 more minutes on it, but we can move on to that. <laughs> Um, so my study was on, well, it was actually looking at erections in mice, which for whatever reason is so funny to me. Oh my but God. Apparently the basic, basic mechanisms between like a human erection and a mice erection are very similar Classic. In, in most, in most mammals actually like the kinds of like stuff we've already explained talking about the chambers move, like going the way it goes to the, the chamber of secrets, the chamber of secrets <laughs> enlarging, um, and the way that the nerves communicate and the hormones and stuff like that are all really similar. So inside of a penis you have fibroblasts which is like connective tissue and previously these were not there's not a lot of research on them like why are there so many in the penis what is their role great name uh but they believe they have an important role in like mediating the function of an erection so there's it's the most abundant cell type in a mouse penis but i think in a human penis as well but this study is on mice don't forget that um and now they've realized they regulate blood flow in this study so the study showed that fibroblasts mediate erection by taking up the neurotransmitter noradrenaline, which leads to the widening of blood vessels in the penis. Okay. So like how effective your penis is at enlarging depends on your fibroblasts. Okay. So then research were, okay, I'm trying to remember like what the ultimate point of the study was. You're like, but, eat bananas. <laughs> no, it, it kind of came down to, how do you keep your fibroblasts like healthy and active? Yeah. It's like exercise. Like okay. they realize the more you have boners, the healthier your dick will be because you're stimulating those cells. Really? I was so wanted to talk about it at the end being like, <laughs> is there something like about having too many boners and jerking off all the time that then you're like getting all these like messed up veins, which is completely made up in my head. Not at but all. No, there you're exercising be- your dick. 
there could be other <laughs> things related to the mental side, right? Like if you're having issues because True. you can only get turned on in certain conditions, porn maybe porn, maybe you have a fetish or whatever. Maybe there's ways that it's difficult for you to get turned on. That could be yeah. something by doing it too much, but they realize the fibroblasts function better when they're used more frequently. So this is exercising, AKA exercising your boner or exercising, AKA lifting weights and running around in circles on a, track they like the researchers compared it to like if you run your body gets better at using oxygen your muscles get better at like adapting to that so, environment so get the, boners more get, get boner the, the more wow. it's like use it or lose it like you're literally stimulating these fibroblasts and they're they're keeping up their activity oh. of being stimulated you heard it um, here folks yeah Get as many boners as possible to keep the fibroblasts blasting. Yeah, and the interesting thing is a lot of mammals, <laughs> including chimps and gorillas, have a bone in their penis. Yeah, yeah, I know. But humans don't, and so they're like, this is probably even more and more of humans because it relies so much on the blood wow. flow more than like a physical um, bone. Uh, interesting, but then the psycho active part. Yeah, like there's if you're so always looking at porn. Then yeah, there's other real. elements. That's a serious issue too. And older mice, for exa example, they realize have less fibroblasts. So there's less blood flow. Yeah. That may be just like an aging thing. Um, but they said it could be possible to train the ability to get an erection to counteract impotence in the same wow. way as you can train your strength or fitness at the gym somewhere like some white guy with like, dreads <gasps> in mexico is like leading like a boner class like it's starting or it's going to be la like it's going to start in la and well, everyone's going to go and try and get boners and get their boners think bigger. about like um okay our bodies have these erections at night right like obviously yeah. like it's it's I just promoting blood throws. Andrew Huberman's going to be on this. It's going to be the next ice bath. There's going to be yeah. like communal, <laughs> like every straight guy's going to get together with like 28 other straight guys and pay oh, $60 to it. like literally get boners. It's together. called size. Damn. <laughs> Take that to the bank. Um, Honestly, I'm not kidding. We are in such an era of masculinity <laughs> online is so fascinating that every guy is just trying to optimize truly just like they're dick size whether that's through like steroids or all these different things that like you could make money on that and they're so unable to see how homoerotic everything they do is that if the 28 people sat on a mat and got boners together like 28 straight guys they still would be like it's not gay yeah they're like we're doing it for the girls yeah so that our boners get better so we go home with our leg for our ladies anyway I think, you know, that's a good to know. That is Use really good to know because I actually was, I had no research on it. I was kind of trying to be like, is it like, like possible? Is have. it bad to have so many boners? So I think right now, at least the answer is no. But again, there's other impacting factors. If you're yeah. always watching porn when you jerk off, like maybe that is. Which I do thing. think a lot of people probably are doing. Mm -hmm. And then if they're getting into a sexual situation and feeling like things aren't working, it's like that could be because you're not like, in this hyper-sexualized porn mm -hmm. state that you're in full control of. Yeah, they're so used to. But it's important to remember it's not, as far as we know right now, it's not just because you've got a boner a bunch that you might struggle with it later. Yeah. It's true. like, in, in fact, we have the opposite evidence right now is that the use of it is good. But obviously, brain, brain gets involved. Brain has a lot of issues, so. Yeah, the largest sex organ in your body <laughs> is your brain. Um, I think that's all I have on yeah, erections. Like we can get into our what you learned this week and yeah. stuff. But um, that was fascinating. We'll take a little break and then we'll come back. Yeah. Boing 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 boing. Yeah. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, what did we learn this week? All right, moving on from boners. We've got ah, we're moving new, on from boners. New science of burnout coming in. Don't we all experience it? Probably constant dread. No, constant I don't exhaustion. know. Burnout to me is such a like weird buzzword that I'm like, what is that? Well, we're going to talk about it. So interestingly, a new tool has been developed to literally measure burnout. Not a physical tool, but like a, <laughs> like a psychological a screwdriver. tool. <laughs> um, it was developed in Norway. No, duh. Um, so obviously right now they, they believe this tool will be useful outside of that, but they've tested it primarily on a Norwegian audience. So take with that the limitations that you will. If there's um, one thing we've been taught about Norway, it's that no one has burnout, that they're all just like have these perfect, well-balanced lives <laughs> and like work four days a week and like just like push their kids in carriages and, yeah. and have like gorgeous sneakers and everyone's fine. But so anyways, continue. Just to chat briefly like the signs of burnout like that are actually categorized are you feel mentally exhausted at work you struggle to wait so this is burnout in regards to work yeah but but burnout can be mixed with life stress obviously okay. right like to come home and also have lots of stuff you but have it's to better do. to think about work kind i of. think most people okay. put it in the context of your job burnout okay, and if continue. your job is overworking you or if you feel just like pushed to yeah, yeah so you feel mentally exhausted at work okay you struggle to feel enthusiastic about your job okay you have trouble concentrating when working okay you sometimes overreact at work without meaning to whoa and so, okay. I don't have a lot to say about this other than... Oh, do you Doesn't feel it just seem like everyone would say that they yeah. feel that? Well, a lot of people do feel that. I think a lot of people huh. are like, this is the state of modern capitalism where it pushes people to the brink and asks so much of them and they don't mm-hmm. get a lot back from it. Yeah, um, That could be a modern perspective. Okay. Uh, so, they created something called the business assessment tool. Oh, sorry, a burnout assessment tool. You can actually search that term and you can go on a website and take like the quiz basically you fill out just like a variety of things from one to ten how you fit on this scale and it'll help you assess if you have burnout and so the reason they created this with their own tool they found that about 13 percent of norwegians are at a high risk of burnout which actually seemed low to me Um, well yeah because it's norway that's like what i was saying earlier 
Oh, like, maybe, like in maybe like other America at hundred percent possibly. And so obviously this is useful because there's physical and psychological effects of burnout. It can impact cardiovascular disease, pain related issues, musculoskeletal issues, sleep problems and depression. Like it's linked to all these other mm. diseases and, and issues. And so if you're an organization, obviously like you don't want to lose talented employees. If you're yeah. burning them out and causing them health problems, like they're not going to want to work there. Yeah. So that's like, or it might increase their sickness and absence and lost productivity, all these things. So sadly that's from the perspective of like the capitalist who wants to like take as much out of you as they can, but it's in their best interest to not have you burn out. And so they're just, this was trying to create a literal framework to measure if people are actually having burnout. Like, can we actually classify it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it seems so arbitrary. And I think the reason I'm so like, whatever about burnout is I learned about it from like every YouTube millennial <laughs> YouTuber and like 2016 being like, huh? Mm. Like a video called like I'm burnt out yeah. and everyone being like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, you had to make a vlog about like your day that you had like an oatmeal and then you had to like take a meeting and then like, it's like, I don't, I don't shit on YouTubers for that. Cause I think I understand where they're coming from. No, me too. But I just, I still shit on them because I think Fine. everyone else like, Kind of like when you were describing the <laughs> symptoms of burnout, I was like, that is how I feel about my job. <laughs> and like, I definitely like really want a kid and like want some time off work, mm -hmm. but I'm not complaining because I have so much more control, but it doesn't mean I'm not feeling exhausted when I do my work. And yeah. like, I kind of related, like, I just can imagine what that would feel like with even less control, totally. which is why I rolled my eyes at YouTubers. Cause it's right. like, they have so much autonomy and it's like, your ideal version of your job is so privileged that the thing you're complaining mm -hmm. about is that didn't seem like it had much. It's like kind of the same way with every sort of like famous person in cancellation. I'm like, I don't think anyone deserves to be a famous person with that much power and complain and complain. Yeah, that's fair. It's I like, think like, it's just important to remember and I'm not trying to empathize with like, these. no, no, I'm, which, I'm being like a piece of shit. Like but. definitely, so much research and like listening to the happiness lab, they often talk about like, it is all perspective, right? Like totally. everyone suffers always. Yeah. Like that is the burden of life. It's just your frame reference of it, right? Yeah. Like more money, more problems is in some ways true. Like, of course money can bring a lot of stability and there's like limits, but then some people have so much that it actually just gives them more stress. And yeah. I'm yeah. not trying to like, yeah, I'm not trying to show no, it, for it, like, it's rich an people. interesting conversation. It's like, do I want to hear about that True. though from a YouTuber? Yeah. Like, maybe, and then we also not. know there's like core morbidities with like having low income and poverty is like the, 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 the burnout and the pain yes. is way worse on that end yes. of things that it is frustrating. It's like, it's not to invalidate the pain of a YouTuber, but it, you're right. It is like, why are you getting a voice to complain about this? Yeah. And when like, you have, you can step away and you have so much money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. It's like, go become a nurse. Relax. <laughs> Anyways, anyway. but that's me just being super judgy. Um, and it's a reason why we have no YouTube friends. Because <laughs> 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 whenever they talk to me about their issues, I'm like, yeah, get out of my face. I'm kidding. <laughs> I've never done that. I'm very compassionate to YouTubers in person. I swear. So mine's just about, mine's just about green cities. <laughs> well, there were two new books that came out and they were reviewed. I was reading them about kind of how cities need to advance into the future. And it was just like interesting to me because I guess that is something that I just baseline hope for all cities is to become more green. But they were just talking about how like, you can't just say that like there's actual implications and planning that needs to be involved. Mm. But they were saying how cities consume 70% 
75% of global primary energy, release 70% of all greenhouse gas emissions and produce 10 billion tons of solid waste annually. Hmm. So it's like, okay, people are living in cities. Yeah. Like that's always been the case, but now more than ever. Okay. And like sometimes there's more and more stats about that. People are like moving to cities for a variety of reasons. Okay. And then this was one thing I just took away that I thought was so interesting, which was that every city could benefit from flipping the way the public transit works just because of how socioeconomic studies have revealed who uses and how public transit is used, it should be cheaper for people coming from further into a city mm. because they're always the people who are more poor and more Less at risk. It, yeah. And that the people within the city are always the more affluent ones who are actually paying less for public transit because it's always mm. based on distance. Yeah. And they were like just one overarching thing. For, and I was like, that is so... Hmm progressive and interesting and yeah. i can see how some annoying people will be like but they didn't go as far but it's like no 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 we're not talking about distance mm -hmm. everything's based on public transit being used in distance if i go further it costs more if i go but it's like that is i don't know it like struck me yeah it's it was like that's i don't know so how you'd implement that but you would be like socioeconomically there is a map of our city and we know these people who are coming into the city from far oh that's what um when i was in medellin they were like we do this not with transit necessarily but like they map out the incomes of different areas and that impacts how much they will pay for certain things so different smart regions i don't it's not oh, like the subway i think is harder like but yeah when it comes to like their home taxes and when it comes to like a lot of those things it's and I know that does obviously like kind of play a role where we live, like your tax bracket will be lower if you're making less income, but it was like much more implemented in, in a way that was like, I don't know. It was, it was about it was schooling too. You yeah, pay less for school. You pay less for school yeah. based on where your home is. Which is just one of those things if people can all just buy into and like rich people can stop complaining about paying more tax for mm -hmm. God's sake, <laughs> then it's like, then you can just accept all these things. Like yeah. that is a, that is an, ex that, is an acceptance that requires rich people to accept that they're rich. Yeah. And same with this, it would be the same type of acceptance. Right. It would be rich people being like, I live, I am the one living in the city. And it, it does make sense that someone who's coming from further to like, for example, construction, we were talking the other day about all these construction workers and how they work mm. super early and they leave yeah. by three cause to avoid like, the traffic. Cause a lot of them live so far out of Toronto. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. It's like those people with better, cheaper public transit could maybe take the public transit in and out for less makes right. sense to me because they're building the goddamn buildings that all these mm -hmm. people are going to live in yeah and then they're what, what makes that a green city though well they were talking about how one book was focusing so much on how like literally like adding more green space is all that matters and this other book was like no green space always needs to be in tandem with the like poverty of cities and development. Yeah, like and like they kind of, the okay. review was that the one book that focused just on green space was bad. And okay. this other book had a holistic approach okay. and it was just from that holistic approach that they brought up that one thing that I thought was so interesting. Yeah, no, that is interesting to think of green cities. Doesn't just have to only mean literally getting more plants somewhere. It's yeah. Like how it's like, how do you develop this? And, and it was the green was that it's public transit. Like uh, someone might from far away might I'd actually see. be like, I'd rather drive cause it's cheaper because I'm paying so much for these yeah. like expensive trains from so far when really yes. it's like actually the train should be cheaper. Yep. Yeah, you want to incentivize people to actually use transit. Yeah. And then there's the classic children living in surroundings with more green space tend to have lower anxiety. Mm -hmm. I and Vienna, 60, more than 60% of the residents in Vienna live in subsidized housing compared to 5% in New York City with half of the units are in Vienna owned by the Austrian government and the other half by non-profit cooperatives. 
Oh, and they're just like, what the heck? I want to like go study Vienna. I am um, like, how? Yeah, that's interesting. I would like to know, learn more about that. Yeah. I saw a really interesting Vox video the other day talking about like a lot of like modern day condos and stuff people complain about. They call them like gentrified looking buildings mm-hmm. and they're like a very specific aesthetic. But then they were arguing like actually these buildings are usually the cheapest, most affordable and greenest ways to make these buildings and Mm. often linked to affordable housing. And so we look Mm. at them and we see, and there's studies that show actually uh, building more of these kinds of apartment buildings that you might think are ugly in spaces is it helps not displace people out of those neighborhoods. Oh, interesting. It, it, I, you can look at that's very like, Toronto. Yeah. it's true. So I don't look at these like glass Toronto's. Like, I'm like, well, there's York, thousands like, of people in that. That's and it's not great. just glass. You can kind of they're like modular. You can see like the squares and like yeah. they just look like oh, it looks like cookie cutter. But what I thought was so interesting, they said they found newspaper articles from like the 20s when like the brownstones in New York were being built, you know, like, and it's cutter. all the same words. It's yeah. like these are cheap. They're ugly. Like they're just all look the same. Wow. It was all the same words that are being used now. And now, and now it's just now like Julie and Moore being like, the welcome most, yeah. to my breathtaking brownstone. <laughs> exactly. Like in the future, there's going to be like the Julie and Moore of the time. Like, welcome to my one bedroom glass my condo in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, cool. So next week, we're going to be talking about self-esteem. Yeah, we put it off because we thought it was so similar not so similar to envy but kind of yeah. like in the same vein of emotional. and honestly we got our mind on boners went cross-eyed and couldn't stop <laughs> thinking about them okay thanks for listening yeah we'll see you guys next week Peace. hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.